together. Thank you for coming. Uh, I want to entitle this talk, Here Comes the Bride. This may not come as a complete surprise to uh, most of you because you're aware that last weekend Joy and I had the joy of um, the wedding of Anna and Matthew. But as I was reflecting on that, I was reflecting on my role as the father of the bride. Um, obviously, God's truth does start coming in. And you might be thinking, what's that got to do with me, Tony? All right. But hang on. I hope you'll feel extraordinarily connected with this in just a moment. So in our culture, and I, it's so important, especially when you're reading the Bible, not to think that our Western culture is the only culture, but in our Western culture, it is traditional for the father of the bride to walk the bride down the aisle to the groom. And obviously that has real significance. And uh, uh, I was thinking about the significance of that act. So firstly, um, I was presenting, I want you just to keep that word in your mind, presenting. I was presenting my daughter to her husband. Uh, she was, but we haven't got a picture here to show you, she was dressed, she was in, in a beautiful garment, and she was radiant, uh, and she was prepared. Now here's the point that she was prepared. There was so much preparation that goes into the wedding, but it doesn't just start the sort of weeks and months before the wedding. It starts all the way back. And um, there is a, an African expression that you may have come across, you may have heard, is that uh, it takes a village to raise a child. You've heard of that one? And it's a lifetime preparation, really, to be ready for whatever it is. Um, of course, when Anna was married, um, she was no child. But as she grew to maturity, there were many people, some of whom are in this room, who uh, spoke into her life, were, were key influences for her. Uh, they spoken truth over her, they spoken to her, they blessed her. Some of them um, are no longer with us, but it, it's, it's a, a real preparation that goes on and involves so many people. It's not just the father of the bride walking your daughter down the aisle. There is in this preparation for being, for marriage if you like, um, so many people over a course of time that spoke truth into Anna's life and spoke truth into our lives. And there is this expression which I'm going to be coming on to. I want you to hold on to this as well um, in Ephesians that talks about speaking the truth in love, that in all things we may grow up into him who is the head. Now, this isn't speaking the truth of love is not actually telling somebody what you feel. I, I want us to completely dispel that thought. It's not, I wish I could tell that person how I feel, but I'll do it in love. That's not what speaking the truth in love in the scriptural sense means at all. It's, it's living out before somebody the life of Jesus. It's speaking into somebody's life the truth of Jesus. That's how we grow up into him in all things. We grow up, we mature, 
we become like he is. And speaking the truth in love um, to a bride, to somebody over the whole course of their life, prepares them for, in, in, in this stage, marriage prepares them for life. So I was presenting this person, uh, this bride, whose character, if you like, had been grown through the influence of many people over a long period of time. And, and people in this room would have been part of that, speaking the truth in love, praying for somebody, living out before them, speaking life over them. All right? Very key verse. That I, so I was presenting somebody, and we're all work in progress, and the bride, whatever, is a work in progress. I was presenting this work in progress of the village, if you like, of the body of Christ. So that's the first thing I was doing, I was presenting. The second thing I was doing was marking the, the end of one phase and the beginning of another phase. So the bride and groom were well known to each other, but they're about to enter a new phase, a, a new depth, if you will, a phase of union. So the wedding was the final moment of one phase and the beginning of another. So as I presented my daughter, it was presenting the beginning of a new phase. All of this will become relevant in a moment if you just hold on to it. All right. So the, the final thing I did, and you thought I just walked down the aisle, didn't you? The final thing I did, <laughs> the final thing I did, uh, and this doesn't always happen in weddings, but I looked Matthew in the eye and I charged him to look after my daughter. Took him by the hand, charged him, take care of my daughter. Because what was going on here was that there was a transference from her parents being the primary supporter to Matthew being the primary supporter, the primary friend. So that's all very romantic, Tony, but what's it got to do with me? Is anyone thinking that? Oh, well done. So. <laughs> One of the, the, the main pictures, if you like, and I know some people struggle with this, that the Bible paints of the church is as the bride of Christ. Um, I've always enjoyed this picture, even though I'm a man. Because I don't actually think it's really to do with the male and the female, although there is that undertone to it. But it's such a beautiful picture, and there's this verse in Ephesians which Paul writes, he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Let's just pray that happens in part this morning, that the word of God goes out and it washes us. To present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So this is the picture of the bride, if you will, being presented. And Ephesians, this version of Ephesians is such a beautiful verse, isn't it? It talks about Christ presenting the church to himself. It's an interesting idea, isn't it, that you can present the bride to yourself? I should, but I want just you to think of that and, and we'll just think what that means. So as brides are obviously washed and cleansed and made radiant, and dressed in, in, in such beautiful garments. So Christ is preparing the church to present her to
to himself as a radiant church. Now, every pride carries a radiance, if you like, just, just a presence, a joy, this moment of acceptance, this moment of presentation, this moment of beauty. And Christ is preparing his church to be a radiant church, to carry his presence, to carry his beauty, uh, to be presented. So, and just as Matt was charged and will care for his wife, it says Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. He is the saviour of the body. And it goes on to say that as we care and tend for our own bodies, our own selves, so does Christ have the, for the church. So I hope you've got this picture in your mind now that uh, the church is being prepared as the bride of Christ. And you don't have to think in terms of male and female if that doesn't work for you, but you can think in terms of the church being prepared, being cleansed, being devoted and belonging to Christ as, as the bride, in a sense, belongs to her husband and vice versa. Uh, this is a beautiful picture that uh, the Apostle Paul is painting for us to look at. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of a, a digression here, um, which I hope helps, is that in the Jewish culture in New Testament times, it wasn't the father of the bride that presented the bride. All right? It wasn't that. Okay? So I'm going to talk a little bit about a New Testament wedding in, in, in Hebrew times. Uh, the groom came for the bride. The groom came for the bride. So the groom came to the home where the bride was and took the bride to himself. Yeah? A lot of surprise in the room looking at me. Okay, let's work on it a little bit. So this didn't happen out of the blue. Uh, sometime before, maybe up to a year, the groom would have made a marriage covenant with his bride. And there would have been the giving of gifts, the paying of a bride price. And after that marriage covenant was made and overseen by the bride's father, they were betrothed. There was a contract already made, an agreement and the breaking of that contract would have been equivalent to a divorce, which is why when Joseph was betrothed to Mary, Mary was betrothed to Joseph, she was found to be with child, Joseph thought about divorcing her quietly because that contract had already been made, the bride price had already been given, gifts had already been exchanged. They were betrothed. Now, interestingly, during the period of the betrothal, the groom left and went away to prepare a place for them both where the marriage union would then take place. So he built a, a structure, a place for them both to go to consummate their marriage. After the marriage consummation took place, the wedding feast happened. The wedding feast happened after the consummation. And it could be a, a, a weeks-long wedding feast. I hope you're now sort of beginning to piece things together. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. When I, and, and if I go, I will come again to receive you to myself. He's talking in the terms of marriage. 
going to prepare a place. Now, the groom couldn't come and take the bride until the father had said that the place he had prepared was suitable, was ready, was right. So the time, if you like, when the groom can come is fixed by the father, which is why Jesus said, no one knows the time. Only the father has fixed the time by his own authority. There's so much allusion and um, biblical uh, references to marriage. So after the betrothal, uh, the, uh, before the wedding, the groom and the bride didn't see each other. And it could be for a period of a year. How does that work with marriage preparation today? Not quite so well. But they both had friends. So both the bride and the groom had friends and confidants who were acted as go-betweens. And the friends of the groom oversaw the propriety of the wedding. And the bride's purpose in this time of separation was to prepare herself for the wedding. And she wore a veil to indicate that she belonged to somebody else now. The time of separation was the time of preparation. Is any pennies dropping? <laughs> We're in the time of separation, folks. We're in the time of preparation. I will go and prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So John the Baptist saw himself as, as, as one of these friends of the bridegroom. And um, when asked if he was the Christ, if you remember, he said he wasn't the Christ. But then he says the bride belongs to the bridegroom. In other words, I'm not the bridegroom. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom, which was himself, waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. So he's saying that he's heard the voice of the bridegroom. And his role, I won't go into it in too much detail, was to, uh, the friend of the bridegroom's role at this point, was to hear the bridegroom uh, call out um, that the marriage, if you like, had been consummated and then there was great celebration and, and the marriage feast began. But John saw himself as the friend of the bridegroom. And Paul himself saw himself as the friend. I betrothed you to one husband, to Christ, so I might present you as a pure virgin to him. So this is the church, if you like, the bride of Christ being prepared, uh, betrothed. So our position now is as the betrothed of the Lord, awaiting for his return at the, sign, the time set by the Father. We are a people being set apart for him, being prepared for him. And the gift he has given us uh, is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is described in Ephesians chapter 1 as a deposit, as a pledge of our inheritance of the things that are to come. Uh, the deposit, the earnest, is actually a Greek word, arabon, which is currently used in modern Greek as a reference to an engagement ring. So the Holy Spirit is the engagement ring that we have that we are now spoken for that we belong to one who will come isn't that exciting a few smiles at the back of the room thanks Sharon keep smiling hallelujah so what does that mean for us well we belong to another and therefore we should belong to no other we should keep ourselves from from idols because we belong to him and Paul says that he has this role 
in preparing the bride as well as being the bride. So, you know, the Bible has no problem with multiple pictures and multiple analogies. So we are both involved in preparing the bride and being the bride. Just as in a village everyone is involved in raising a child, so the whole church is involved in preparing, making ready the bride of Christ. And we all have a part, and we're all key influences in that. So Paul goes on in this passage to say these words, that Christ gave himself, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attending to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So God didn't give apostles, pastors, evangelists, pastors, teachers to do the work. He gave them to equip God's people to do the work. So the, mold, the role of ministry in the church is to prepare the church to do the ministry. It's not to entertain the church. It's not to occupy time in the church. It's to equip the church to do and to be the church until we all reach this uh, measure, if you like, of maturity that's uh, corresponding to him. So to be the bride of Christ, the church uh, has to, in a sense, correspond to Christ. So when Adam made Eve, he made someone that corresponded to him. What that meant was he made somebody that could be in relationship with him that was like him. And the goal, this is such an incredible goal really, and together, only together can we do this. So the goal of ministry is to build up the church, to strengthen the church, that we might be growing up into him to the measure of his fullness that we might correspond to him to be like him to be effectively the bride of christ that is incredible calling that is such a high calling that god is intending for us to be and we are all involved in this ministry so go back to my picture of last saturday of the entrance of the church and all the people involved in preparing the bride for that moment in time. And it, go, it went back a long, long time. People speaking the truth in love uh, into the bride's life. And that is our role, one to another, is to speak the truth in love, to, 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 um, uh, to kind of demonstrate in love the life of Christ. Um, and you might say this is an impossible task. Uh, it's only possible because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Paul goes on to say these words. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is even Christ. So this ministry of speaking the truth in love one to another, to encourage one another, to build up one another, uh, if necessary to admonish one another, is about us growing up to become in every respect uh, the grown-up, the mature body of him who is the head, that we might correspond to him, that we might be like him. From him, from the head, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part 
does its work. And that really is just my main point this morning, that we're all involved in the role of preparing the Bride of Christ. We are all, whether you like this analogy or not, part of the Bride of Christ. But we're all key influences in this local assembly of preparing the body of Christ. And it says, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament that's a living part of the body, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So the way God has made you, the way God has placed you, uh, the gifting God has given you, the love he's put in your heart is so important that you exercise that and you, you um, fulfill the role that you have because unless God uh, works through each and every one of us to build up the body of Christ, um, his purpose isn't, isn't being fulfilled. So each of us have a key role. So just as I stood there on Saturday with Anna and just conscious that, you know, a lot of friends have encouraged her and spoken to into her life. A lot of older people have done that. Um, and, and so it is with the body of Christ. We're all involved in this role of speaking the truth in love that we might grow up into him in every respect who is the head. And you need people's unique perspective to do that. You need their experience to do that. You need their sense of, of God's love and life to do that. It's, it's not a one person or a few people. Uh, we're all involved in this wonderful ministry of building up the body of Christ. Are you thrilled that you've been called into this role? Not only as the bride, but as the friend of the bride and the friend of the groom who is who's, who's participating in this preparation of the Bride of Christ. And our presence and our activities, that is, is, is key, which is why this whole book of Ephesians, if you like, um, just fits together so beautifully. So in closing then, I'd, I'd love to spend all day just really talking about this and praying about it. But the church isn't held together, however useful, by good organization. Good organization is really useful. The church isn't held together by good organization. It's held together by every supporting ligament. Every supporting ligament is what, how the church is held together. And it grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. So the church isn't held together by gifted, charismatic leaders, however useful that may be. Neither is it held together by knowledge, particularly, but it's held together by every member of the church supporting and providing the life that their part brings. Praise the Lord for that. And we are equipped to do that because God has put ministry in the church to equip the church. So the role of the pastor, teacher, apostle isn't to do the ministry, it's equipping the church to do the ministry. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Amen. Did I have an amen? <laughs> amen. Wow. No passengers. We're all part of this speaking the truth in love. So we grow as we give. So as each part of the body gives the life that it has, the body grows. So you could almost say no giving, no growing. So we speaking the truth in love involves acting out the truth. It involves giving because giving is such an expression of the truth, being the truth of God in love. No one grows in their faith, maturity, 
and loving God without giving of themselves. Giving and growing just go hand in hand. Where there is no cost, there is no sacrifice. And where there's no sacrifice, there is no worship. Worship in the true sense. Without worship in the true sense, there is no growth. And we're all involved in this work of preparation, whether we know it or not. And God so loved that he gave. Christ so loved the church that he gave himself. With giving, there is growth. And God has put in our hearts, if you like, what he's put there that we might give it, that we might be poured out. Poured out. So the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows. So this, this we grow as we give. And the final point is that we are all involved as Christ presents the church to himself. Wonderful idea, wonderful thought. Christ is presenting this church to himself. But he's chosen not to do it alone. He's chosen to present the church to himself through that which every joint, every part is supplying. So Christ, Christ's body, which we now have, which we now are, he's presenting the church to himself and he's doing that through the church by the work of the Spirit. So just as it takes a village to raise a child, it takes the whole church supporting and supplying to build up the church that we might be presented to the Lord at the time that the Father says. It's such an awesome goal and privilege, isn't it? Which is why I called this talk, Here Comes the Bride. Here Comes the Bride. <laughs> I'm sure you've got it now. Yeah, so this preparation time is so, is so, so important.